Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulting while doing so with humor and light. Welcome, everyone, to the Only Child Diaries podcast. Today, I want to talk about my mother-in-law, Ellen McKay Wilson Gifford Bent. People called her Ellie. Whereas some of the time, people don't get along too well with their mother-in-law, mine was really instrumental in helping to heal my heart. There have been many people over the years who have helped to heal my heart, but maybe they've helped heal it in smaller bits. (laughs) My husband was really the first person to significantly contribute to healing it, and his mother was definitely one of the main runners-up in that category. If you listen to some of my other episodes, you'll know that my relationship with my parents was not always the best. And my relationship with my own mother was not what you would characterize as warm and fuzzy. Although there were times when things were maybe kind of positive, my relationship with Ellie was always extremely positive and very supportive. She was like nothing I had ever experienced. When you are an only child, but but probably any child of parents who aren't necessarily warm or affectionate with you. You tend to gravitate to people who are like Ellie. Gosh, actually everyone gravitated towards Ellie. But seriously, who wouldn't be attracted to someone who only saw the good in you and stressed that good in you whenever possible? who told you how wonderful you were and how pretty or dear to them you were. I was just looking for a role model, someone to look up to, and also a mentor, someone who could guide me, someone who I could talk to about things that happened to me. Ellie was all these things. She made life seem not so hard. I first met Ellie early on in my relationship with Bill, when she came out from Florida for her annual trip to see Bill and his brother Sheldon. Their usual visit would consist of a trip somewhere else, get in the car and drive somewhere so that Bill and his brother could get away from it all while showing their mother the sights of California. They went on a week-long trip up the coast to Monterey and Carmel. That was the last trip they took alone. The next year, she graciously allowed me to go along, and at the time, Bill and I were still fairly new in our relationship with each other. To me, I remember it felt something like a honeymoon. I had never been on a trip that long with anyone that I was dating. 
We stayed in our own hotel room, and the four of us went around to different places in the Santa Barbara area, eating, shopping, sightseeing. It was great. She spent time getting to know me, talking to me, asking me questions, of course, but not in a manner of drilling me for answers or being judgmental. She seemed just happy to get to know me, and she told me stories about Bill growing up and her life in Florida. It was truly delightful. She was so easy to be around. Right before I met Bill, his father had passed away quite suddenly. He was in the hospital for a procedure and then asked Ellie to go home and get some of his records. He loved music. While she was gone, he had a massive heart attack and passed away. Ellie was selling real estate, and she was in her late 60s at the time. Ellie had been married to Bill's father for 45 years when he died. Even today, Bill will tell me that he thinks his dad and me would have gotten along really, really well. I'm sorry I never got to meet him. I marveled at how strong she was, moving forward with her life, enjoying her life. Every year, she would fly out, and it was always the highlight of the year for me. Although, when she left, we were always somewhat exhausted. Ellie was an early riser back home, and being on vacation was no different for her. She got up early and went to bed early. None of us are really morning people, but we loved being with her so much. We tried the best we could. Ellie also had a lot of energy. She was tall and thin and could easily start the day with a cup of coffee and subsist on that until dinner. I would need to drink water, eat several snacks, if not regular meals. It was hard to see where she got her energy, which didn't fail her until the end of her life. It was amazing. She played tennis regularly, and in her 80s, she took up horseback riding again. Ellie had ridden as a youngster. She was even jumping small jumps and going on trail rides. She was clearly a doer. Now, I have a confession. I have always felt somewhat confused and frustrated about cleaning and organizing things in my living space. <laughs> like cooking, I have never felt like I had the right gene in my body. My brain isn't wired to have things neat. This includes my desk at work or my bedroom. That doesn't mean I can't find things when I need to. I can. It's just that everything looks like a shambles. One year, Bill was in the hospital having a procedure, and Ellie felt so bad that she rushed out to see him. In addition to being a warm and welcoming person to me, she loved her boys and always wanted to do what she could to help them. I want to mention here that she also has two older daughters. So there are four children in the family altogether. Anyway, the first night she was here, she stayed in our apartment. 
I felt bad because with everything going on, I didn't have enough time to fully clean or or put things away or tidy up. It's hard when your loved one is in the hospital. At least for me, I like to be there as much as I can. Tasks at home often fall by the wayside. I let Ellie sleep in our bed and I slept on the couch. Early in the morning, I was awoken by noises in the bedroom and I thought, oh great, she's up. When I knocked on the door and went in, I was somewhat surprised to see that she had single-handedly reorganized the whole bedroom in short time and made it look much better. It was then that I realized the truth. I'm one of the cleaning disabled. I just don't stand a chance. I don't have it in me. When you have an older person, like a parent, who is so close to their adult children, it sometimes is easier to downplay health issues or medical challenges so that you don't stress them out. Ellie saw that she had an ally in me, and she took me aside one day and made me promise that I would always be completely honest with her about Bill's condition. I told her I would, of course. I appreciated having an open and honest conversation about it, and when I told her down the line that maybe something wasn't going as well as we had hoped, but that everything would be okay, she knew she could trust me. Sometimes it was hard to be completely honest with her, but I knew I owed it to her. Ellie would call me darling child often and then started calling me her third daughter. She also called herself my second mother. I was so very touched by this. Being an only child with a distant mother, I was overwhelmed with her emotional generosity. She was affectionate and kind, loving and sweet to me. People like Ellie just don't come around every day. Because Bill and Sheldon hadn't grown up in Southern California, I was often called upon to act as a tour guide when Ellie visited and dig into my repertoire of fun or interesting places to visit. One of our favorite places to go together was the Huntington Library and Gardens in San Marino. A former estate, the expansive gardens and sweeping lawns are beautiful and the interiors hold classic artwork in a museum-like setting. Everyone really enjoyed it. One day, we were all exploring the gardens and found a beautiful spot to sit for a while and talk. All of a sudden, Ellie stood up and asked me to join her in an impromptu dance of the fairies, so to speak. We both frolicked on the lawn together, I wasn't really sure what to do, but I followed her cue and everyone got a big kick out of it. We all laughed. Ellie taught me how to enjoy and live in the moment, how to really carpe diem it for sure. When we finally got married, Bill and I didn't tell anyone beforehand. We were in Las Vegas and got married at one of the hotels. Ellie was the first one we called, especially since she was three hours ahead of us. We were up late that night. 
She was absolutely thrilled. She made plans to come out and visit the next month. She could hardly wait. Ellie was all about family. I hadn't seen my parents in person in quite a while. That's a story for another day. Ellie, of course, wanted to meet my parents and celebrate. It was just hard to explain to her that the thought of seeing my parents again caused me a lot of angst. She just wouldn't hear any of it. Although it caused me anxiety, in the end, it turned out pretty good. And it was interesting to see my mom and Ellie sitting together. They were complete opposites. Ellie was outgoing. My mom was an introvert. Ellie was outspoken and verbalized all her feelings. My mom was more comfortable observing (laughs) and judging. We only have one photo of all of us together, my parents and Ellie and all of us. And my friend Gina was there that day too. It's hard to believe they're all gone now. But it's a great memory. It was also great to have an older woman to bounce things off of. There was a point when I realized that my dad had a spark for an old flame from high school. The reunions had come and gone, but dad was still talking about this woman, and my mom was pretty upset about it. She mentioned that dad had talked about her a couple of times over the years and run into her at one of the reunions recently. Even though my parents were both in their early 80s, I was concerned and didn't really know what to think about it. Should I say or do something? Should I worry? I didn't think that they would separate, but for the first time in my life, I saw that my mom was pretty upset and maybe even a little jealous. When I talked to Ellie about it, her take on it was something that I would never have thought of. She asked me a few questions about my dad and my mom and what I knew about this woman. She told me that back in the day when my dad would have been a young man, things were a little bit different. You never really knew if you would be coming back from being in the service, and you idealized the romantic encounters that you might have had. She put my mind at ease and told me that that was probably all this was, just a flirtation that my dad had, and that it was nothing to be concerned about. That was certainly a relief, and actually it never came up again, at least that I ever heard. Ellie loved all things positive and beautiful, but she especially loved the fall colors of the trees. Southern California doesn't necessarily have fall leaves, but she would wait to find the one tree of 500 that had golden amber leaves, point to it and say, oh, look at the leaves. Well, I can't imagine that they had any fall leaves back in Florida. She also loved Christmas. This was something I had to learn as Christmas had some pretty negative feelings attached to it for me. 
I usually didn't look forward to the holiday, but Ellie delighted in the Christmas lights, and she helped me to see the beauty of everything. Noticing these things or or talking about these things was never something that happened in my household. To this day, when I see a tree with leaves that have turned to the fall colors, I think of Ellie. I think of her a lot of other times, too. She loved to send little handwritten notes all the time. In fact, when we recently moved, we started a pile of her notes that we found, and we're surprised just how many there were. There were also a lot of extra photos tucked in of different things, like her garden or different areas of her home she had decorated for the holidays. She was known to slip in a little bit of money here or there and would write, Go buy yourself some ice cream. (laughs) I love that line. Ellie always wanted to know what she could do to help, what she could do to support her children. I loved that about her. I loved her, and I felt loved by her. There's not much more you can ask of your mother-in-law than that. I got pretty lucky. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about an issue that comes up a lot for only children, and that's caregiving for your parents. As we get older, it's something that we all have to be thinking about, and a lot of my friends, whether they're only children or not, have had to deal with. I hope you'll join me. Now go buy yourself some ice cream. If you like this episode, please follow the Only Child Diaries podcast on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you might listen on. And consider rating Only Child Diaries and writing a review. It helps others to find us. Please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. Visit my Instagram page, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are The Only Child Diaries.